welcome to our program. I am Vic Batista along with my co-host Nathan Jones. And today we're continuing our series talking about heaven. Nothing like heaven will be our topic for today as we look at Revelation chapter 22. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to dive back into your study of heaven, Revelation 22. We thank you, Lord, for faith and uh, his willingness to go through this uh, series, Lord, and just get people excited about your soon return. We thank you for your great love for us, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, we're talking about heaven, and we hope that you can follow along with us in the Word of God. So, Nathan, this has been... A really, really exciting uh, topic, and uh, we've gotten a, a great response. And I think, Nathan, is because people are in need of encouragement these days with so much sad things that are happening around the world, right? Oh, well, I mean, if we're going to talk about current events, man, you're right in the middle of it, living so close to Broward County. Yes. Yeah, Nathan, it's, it's shaking up our community here with a sad incident uh, with the school shooting, uh, you know, but uh, God has been glorified. Uh, in many ways, a lot of people have really opened up their, their eyes and their hearts, the reality of life. And uh, again, r recognizing, Nathan, that life it truly is but a vapor and our relationship with Jesus is what matters. That's for sure. There's a lot of people probably Broward County and around the country thinking about heaven after that school shooting. And, yeah. Uh, your timing is perfect. It's a God timing, right? God incidents that we're talking about this subject. Uh, absolutely, Nathan. And... Uh, Hopefully, uh, individuals will recognize that the Bible has a lot to say about heaven, uh, very encouraging, and that's why we want to encourage you to follow along with us in the Word of God. Last week, Nathan, we looked at Revelation 22, and we were looking at verses 6 through 10, 6 through 9, and in such small amount of verses, it, I mean, it was power-packed. We took our time and we went through it, but Nate, might you be able to recap for us just briefly, maybe someone was not part of that series last week? Uh, so hopefully uh, they can catch up with us. Well, we've been teaching through Revelation 21 and 22, which is about the eternal state. It's uh, what happens after the millennial kingdom when there is a new heaven, and uh, heaven comes down to earth as the new Jerusalem, and we are all in our glorified eternal bodies. Sin has been destroyed. Uh, the curse has been totally lifted. It's gone. Satan and demons and all his followers are sent to the lake of fire, which is hell. We are now into the eternal state, and Revelation 21 and 22 is the arc, actually the two chapters of all the Bible that really gets into the nitty-gritty about what the eternal state is. Unfortunately, I don't know about you, Vic, but I don't think it really gets into the details as much as any of us would really like, but it gives us a taste that it helps us get excited about what our future home is. When I say home, man, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, we're talking about your home, your future. That's right. Well, Nathan, I, I have to say we did um, get some nice uh, um, uh, details in Revelation 21 uh, as you opened up to us that heavenly city, the size of it, the jewels, the foundation. So I think people got a good feel now, Nathan, uh, at least a better feel uh, for what that is going to be like. Right, well, again, uh, this new Jerusalem, this super city that's coming down, is 1,500 miles cubed. So we're talking about a city that would stretch from the Atlantic to Colorado, but would also stretch from Canada to Mexico. So we're talking about a massive city on a, what would have to be a massively larger Earth, possibly even the size of Jupiter, to prevent the planet from wobbling. I mean, we're yeah. talking about a big, big planet. And inside this city, 
resides in the center of it is God, in the center of his temple. There's no temple. It doesn't need to be God himself is the temple, but the dimensions of the temples we read in throughout the Old Testament are shadows, foreshadowing yeah. the eternal temple in this new Jerusalem. Uh, we read in chapter 22 about the tree of life, which yeah. grows on each side of the river of life, which comes from the throne of God, reiterating the fact that, that God is the source of life. Absolutely. We can't exist without the source of life. And that's where we've taken so far. I, I, the Apostle John, who's, who's being given this revelation, it's not John's revelation, but it's a revelation right. giving to John. Well, man, we've got to the point where he is just so overwhelmed. He's seeing all these amazing, amazing yeah. things. He's seeing God. He's seeing the throne. He's seeing the, the Lamb, Jesus Christ, sitting on that throne. He's seeing uh, millions and billions of, of angels and people worshiping God and celebrating. And he's seeing all these things. And that's where we are right and, now. And all of a sudden, yeah, we talked about this last week. And Nathan, he was wiped out. He falls and then he's actually wanting to worship this angel. And we talked about this last week, how, hey, we're not called to worship the things that God has created. Right, Nathan? And we talked a little bit about idolatry there. Right, right. Well, let's pick up the first eight if that's good with you. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. All right. Well, 22 eight reads, Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And boy, is that an understatement. <laughs> and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, Oh, see that you don't do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren and the prophets and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He was unjust, let him be unjust still. He was filthy, let him be filthy still. He was righteous, let him be righteous still. He was holy, let him be holy still. Woo! Nathan, I, I, I mean, that is a, a powerful passage there because we, we find, again, tucked in all these verses, there's a, a great amount of admonition uh, for us. Those that are holy today, like never before, Nathan, uh, holiness uh, is so much needed. Uh, again, we, we see the unholy lifestyles of people, the bad choices that they're making. And for the church, we're, we're called to be different, right, Nate? Right, right. And there's actually two messages in this particular section. The first one is, is that John's overwhelmed. This is the second time that he's been overwhelmed as he's been given all these visions. He doesn't know what to do. He, it appears, and he falls down. Knowing not to worship angels, he falls down anyway. Uh, yes. you know, clearly, this angel is quite impressive. He, this angel is actually one of the seven bowl angels that we read about in Revelation 16 who yeah. released God's wrath upon the earth during one of the seven bowl judgments. We saw him earlier in chapter 21. He's the same angel who comes down like a realtor uh, showing John what the new Jerusalem's like. He's got a measuring like rod, and he's, he's measuring everything, and he's showing everything. So John's overwhelmed. But, uh, he, here he is. He's actually saying he's committing idolatry. Well, you know, probably not intentionally, <laughs> uh, but the angel immediately distanced himself, and this is very important <clears throat> Excuse me for people who, who want to give angels more they're doing. Yes. The point of worship is the angel says, no. Don't do this. I, hey, I'm just like you. I'm your fellow servant. I might, you know, he, obviously the angel is quite impressive, but not nearly right. uh, what we should be. It, it, we should worship God. So he's got that's the first half of the message. Then the angel switches gears and he says, "Hey, don't seal up the words in this book." Now that's a contrast to Daniel 12, yeah. where the angel says, "Daniel, seal up these words until the end times." No, John is like, "No, do not seal up these words." 
uh, the time is at hand. In other words, we're getting into that end time period where people are going to keep being evil, they're going to be unjust, they're going to be dirty, and there's still going to be people that are good and holy and righteous. Mm. They need to hear this message. Nathan, and you made a very good point. I'm so glad that you touched on that because, uh, again, in Daniel, at, what, at that time, he was told to seal. But it shows that we're living in the last of the last days, Nathan, because we're told here in verse 10, do not seal. In other words, bring it on, what God is being re is revealing. <laughs> yeah, what a different, you know, Daniel was about 2,500 years ago. And this angel, likely Gabriel, gives him the, those prophecies, yeah. and Gabriel says, hey, Seal it up to the end of times when knowledge increases and people travel a lot. Uh, wait for that, and then people will start understanding this prophecy. Well, brother, we live in that time where knowledge has increased exponentially right. thanks to computers, where we travel all over thanks to cars and airplanes. We are in the end times, and we will now understand these things. And that's uh, what Revelation is meant to be. Yeah. Now, what's great, I think it, it kind of hints there in 10, is that if these words aren't to be sealed up, it doesn't mean then that revelation is impossible to understand. Some preachers are out there preaching, don't bother with revelation, it's impossible to understand, it's a puzzle, you'll never figure it out, don't even bother, it's divisive, and on and on the excuses go. But here this angel saying, don't seal up the word, the time is ahead, it's time for people to know about these things, it's time for people to know about prophecy. Nathan, I love that, and what an incredible word you just shared, and again, People out there need to recognize this book was written for us, for us to be able to enjoy, not be afraid of the prophecies here. Because all what we see here, Nathan, for a believer, all this is good news. I think what it is that people get it mixed up when they see all the disaster in the book of Revelation. I can understand why people are fearful because they actually think they're going to be going through this. Well, if somebody's not a believer... But I believe, right, Nathan, the church, we're not going to be here to experience these things. No, no. We, we really don't touch on it here because we're in the eternal state. But if you're talking about the end times as things get worse and worse and we enter the, the tribulation, age, right. the tribulation right. right, which we read about in, in Revelation mm -hmm. 5 on into Revelation 19, the church isn't there. The church is actually portrayed right. uh, with the elders up in heaven. And here we are. The church is here again celebrating with Jesus Christ. Uh, we went with him in the second coming at the end of the tribulation and watched Jesus defeat the Antichrist, the false prophet, send them to hell and put Satan in a pit. We see Jesus rejuvenate the world. He holds a sheep goat judgment where he judges whoever left alive during the tribulation. And those goats, uh, those who had followed the Antichrist, they're sent to Hades to await judgment. But those who accepted Christ and are alive by the end of the tribulation, they are then... Uh, allowed to go into the millennial kingdom and they have children and many, many children. So probably it's estimated maybe 20 billion people on the planet. Lifespans are increased and people are healthy. And then when we finally get to the end of that millennial kingdom, Satan's released and those people who choose to reject God or not who are born in the millennial kingdom can follow Satan. God doesn't waste any time. He sends fire down upon him. He wipes them out. And then that's when we get into the great white throne judgment where God resurrects all those who are lived in rebellion against him from Hades, he judges them based on their works. And since uh, the heavenly yeah. the work that counts, Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, uh, they unfortunately will be sent to hell. And that's, that's the eight times in a nutshell, man. Yeah. We're in the good stuff, the eternal state. Yeah, and that's why, Nathan, I'm so glad you shared that so that if people are new to this topic, uh, they need to recognize, again, that 
chapter 6 through about chapter 19. Yeah, this is the tribulation. This is going to be a disastrous time. But the church, we believe, will be added here way before that. And as we enter into the heavenly scene, like you mentioned, Nathan, this is the eternal. This is reality for those that have placed their trust in Jesus Christ. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the eternal state is all. I mean, to think about how that what we take for, for as wealth today, money, uh, gold, jewels, heaven's made out of gold. It's <laughs> made out of jewels. That, that the value is, is, is priceless, but that's nothing compared to what really matters in heaven, that's and right. that is we are reunited with the Father face to face, something that hasn't happened since Adam and Eve. Mm. When they re rebelled against God and sinned, the punishment was a separation. Our sins separate us from the Father, but in the eternal state, we see the Father, our Creator, yeah. face to face. We're surrounded by loved ones who accepted Christ's salvation. Yes. That is the true joy of our eternal life, is to be reunited with the Father through the Son. Excellent point. And Nathan, there's, a, there's been a lot of uh, disasters happening. Like we're talking about shootings in the schools and all these things. And how nice to know for those that have trusted in Christ that we will be reunited with our loved ones forever in a place that there will be no more killing, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. And that's why our hearts go out to those that have been affected by these tragedies. And that's why we pray so much, right, Nathan, for the Lord's kingdom to come and for His will to be done. It has been a, it's a very rough, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, we yeah. know that as we get closer to the tribulation that Jesus told us in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, mm -hmm. a series of end time sun, signs, and one of them would be uh, great upheavals in society, and we're seeing that right. Right. as countries become wars and rumors of wars externally, but internally, ethnos against ethnos, race against race. And we're seeing a breakdown of morality in society, which creates more. Uh, social upheaval, and it creates more crime and violence, and we're living through that now. And So this passage in Revelation 21-22 is meant to give the believer hope. We're meant to know that Jesus Christ is coming back. The time is near, as uh, Jesus said. These words, uh, verse 6, are faithful and true. In other words, we can put our hope and trust in the fact that Jesus Christ is coming quickly. Matter of fact, if you want to sum up the entire book of Revelation, you can do it in verse 7, where Jesus himself says, yeah. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now, what is the blessing? The blessing is tied into the theme right there. Behold, I am coming quickly. We are blessed knowing that God is coming back, Jesus Christ, Ooh. because that gives us hope. And you know, Nathan, it's amazing. We see oftentimes there, I mean, as a matter of fact, as we continue uh, verse 12, we see that repetition again, the timing of His coming. Can you continue to take us through? I think that's exciting. Right. Well, again, this is a message to the churches. Uh, Revelation chapters yeah. 2 and 3 are messages to seven churches that were in uh, what is today Turkey at the time Asia Minor. Right. Uh, they represent churches. Uh, real churches, but they also represent churches through the ages, and they represent different churches, different places where believers are at in their lives today. So mm -hmm. Jesus returns through his message to the church. And this is, if you got a Bible with red lettering, we're going to read red lettering. That's right. You ready? All right, verse 12 through 17. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, 
that they may have the right to the tree of life mm. and may enter through the gate into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Yeah. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Ooh. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts, Come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Man, what, a, what an amazing passage, Nathan. And we find there, what a beautiful invitation over and over again. Whoever's thirsty, whoever uh, wants to drink. And I just see, Nathan, there that the doors are open for everyone to come to Christ. And, and again, I just love those verses that you read. His timing continues to say, I'm coming quickly. But Nathan, in verse 13, he repeats, I am the Alpha uh, and the Omega. And we hear that theme also through the book of Revelation and other parts of the Bible. Right, right. For Alpha and Omega, we, we hear that frequently, and that's, again, the Greek letters. It's the first letter and the last. In other words, right. Jesus was here before everything, and Jesus will be here after everything, if there's an after. In other words, he's the beginning and the end. And he, that's he, right. <laughs> he says that right there, too. He's the first and the last. He goes on to say he's the root. In other words, he's the source of life. That's and yet he's point. the offspring of David. In other words, he came as a man. He was born in sin and our sins to sacrifice himself for our sins our stars, although he was perfect. And he was the bright morning star. He's our guiding light. He's our yeah. north star. He's our direction. And he says all these things. And he, he again reiterates his promise. Behold, I am coming quickly. In other words, when he does come, it'll happen real fast. And he's bringing a reward. Nathan, talk to us about that. You know, people don't talk a lot about reward. Sometimes people, uh, you know, they, they, they don't consider uh, the topic of reward. Sometimes people say, no, 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 I don't need a reward. You heard people say that, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, and it sounds selfless. Uh, we've all probably done it one time. Oh, no, 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 I don't no, need a reward right. for serving God. I'm sorry, but if, if you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to work That's through right. you, then yes, you know, there is a reward. The Bible gives many rewards. It's we read it earlier in uh, Revelation 4 and 5 about crowns. Exactly. We receive crowns of different, for different reasons, and we will put them at the feet of Jesus as the eternal act of worship. Of course, we'll put them back on again, but every time we worship, you know, we lay our, our eternal works before the Father, and that's something to think about. You're crafting in this life a crown right now that's based right. on the good deeds you're doing. Are you going to stand before God with this mighty, mighty crown and makes you stagger because you can barely walk? Or is it going to be barely a tiara that's unnoticeable? Yeah. You know, what are you doing with your time to the, in this day? Absolutely. And Nathan, that's a very good point. I mean, sometimes we don't recognize that everything we do here on earth for Jesus does matter. And he is going to reward us. He rewards those that do, that do uh, what he called them to do uh, from, you know, from, the, from their hearts. Uh, of course, not out of hypocrisy but really love for Jesus. And we see so many wonderful things that people are doing, especially now with all the hideous crimes that are happening around the world, where people are gathering together and doing incredible things uh, for the Lord. And they are going to be rewarded for that. I mean, Nathan, who doesn't like reward? I have a dog. Her name is Flower. Let me tell you, that dog loves rewards, man. <laughs> our dog does too, although I don't think she does much to earn it. But, you know, our life... Here has meaning as a Christian That's right. life has purpose. We serve the Lord yes. and we exist to eventually have fellowship with the Father through ever. And so this is God's promise. He will have rewards. So yeah. not only physical crowns will be robes, 
will be given new names on white stone. But the real, real gift, the real reward is eternal life. I think verse That's 17 right. where the Holy Spirit comes in and says something in the bride, in other words, the church will say this too. It's an open invitation to come. Whoever thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let them take the water of life freely. In other words, That's right. the true reward is eternal life with our Creator. Praise the Lord. So you know what, Nathan? Um, one of the things that I realized was, as we were talking about rewards, that here, when we look at the book of Revelation, uh, you know what, what I like about this topic of this subject matter is that um, people oftentimes, when you say reward, they think of a works uh, type of relationship where, uh, you know, I'm working, but it's not working to earn your salvation. Really, what we're talking about here is rewards because you have trusted in Jesus Christ. So the work that we do, we actually do it out of the kindness of our heart because we're saved, not to earn salvation. And James, of course, talks about uh, works, uh, faith and works. And if you says, show me uh, your faith by your works. And we find also that, again, as we work, in a sense, the Lord rewards us, but it's not to earn our salvation. So sometimes people get those things uh, confused, and we encourage individuals uh, to, yeah, continue to do uh, wonderful things for God. And also, uh, whatever we do, God is a righteous God, and He's going to reward us for everything that we do. Even if we can give a little bit of a cup of a cold water, the Bible says, uh, to one of these little ones. Uh, what we do for the nation of Israel, we get rewarded when we pray, when we extend our hand uh, to God's people, when we do community outreaches for the Lord, when we serve at church, when we serve our... I mean, the, the list is endless in terms of the rewards that we're going to gain for serving Christ. And of course, the Bible tells us that we are to use our earthly uh, possessions uh, to win people for Jesus so that we can earn eternal rewards and that's where our treasure really lies uh, is in heaven. Uh, so Nathan, again, a very exciting uh, portion of scripture that we're looking here at Revelation chapter 22, uh, opening up verses 12 uh, through 17. So we hope that individuals that have been able to um, follow along with us in the Bible uh, have been encouraged by this and the Lord is coming quickly. He gives us an invitation there in verse 17. It says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And it says, Let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. And of course, for those of you that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, his hands are open. And he says to you, uh, Come. As a matter of fact, in Revelation 3, the Lord says, I stand at the door and knock, and whoever opens the door, the Lord will come in. And very simply, wherever you are, with a very simple prayer, if you mean it from your heart and you call on the name of Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins, I want to invite you to come into my heart, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. God, I want to trust in you and follow you forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A very simple prayer, and if you pray that prayer and you mean it from your heart, again, the Bible says that God has granted you eternal life, and you can celebrate with us uh, heaven. So again, we want to encourage you to continue uh, to go through the book of Revelation in this incredible series as we are talking about heaven. And of course, you're going to be so blessed, and uh, Nathan, also, um, it's always a joy to have you uh, on the program 
And actually, I just realized, I think, uh, Nathan, we, we might have a little, little glitch there in our uh, technical difficulties. But anyway, for those of you that, again, were following along with the series, it's really an amazing series. And remember, keep your eyes on Jesus. The Lord is coming back very, very soon. So that ends our segment here. And again, Vic and Nathan, we want to say goodbye to the Lord. Bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you.